Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Binds on Mental Health podcast. My name is Andy Dean. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. And today is the second part of my conversation with Dr. Madarani Kerr, who's the medical director of child and adolescent psychiatry at Penn Medicine Princeton House Behavioral Health. Dr. Kerr is also the medical director of Princeton House's Hamilton outpatient site in Hamilton, New Jersey. And today on the podcast, Dr. Kerr and I discuss three things parents can do to help their kids' mental health as they return to in-person learning in the schools. So I hope you guys find it helpful and enjoy the podcast. Okay, so we have all this stuff that we just talked about going on, right? So there's all these changes, there's all these shifts in terms of your structure, in terms of your expectations. So like I said at the beginning of the podcast, obviously that's going to have an effect Mm -hmm. on the kid's mental health, whether we're talking about a young child, a young kid, or an adolescent. So I guess what I wanted to talk about today was if you could give a few tips, three or four tips to parents out there who have kids that are going back to school right now, what would your tips be in terms of how you can help best manage your kids' mental health while they're returning to school? Why don't we start with, what would your first tip be? What would your number one tip be? Well, right now we're already into the school year. So I think for me, I advise my patients, parents at least to start like a month before school started even or two weeks before. Right. But now that school has already started, I think that establishing a routine is the first and foremost thing you can do for your kids. Okay. So... You know, they're already in the school year. So if they're struggling, approach their guidance counselor Mm -hmm. and uh, see how the guidance counselor can help your kids in school and out of school at home, establishing a routine. So making sure they're going to bed on time. You know, a lot of kids and parents don't like to hear this, but taking away their media at a certain time (laughs) if necessary. I can't imagine why a kid wouldn't want to hear that. It's a really hard thing to do, but it's essential if your child is not going to bed until two, three in the morning. Right. They can't function if they get three hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. So just for a few couple of weeks, at least until they can get their routine and once that uh, their sleep times under check. And once that happens, then yeah, sure. They can have it, you know, back if they use it responsibly. Yeah. You know, making sure your kids are getting up in time for school to get on the bus or whatever transportation they use. After school, making sure they're, um, you know, getting their homework done because a lot of kids, again, didn't have that habit last year or schools were also pretty lax about it. So, um, you know, making sure because once they start falling behind, the anxiety is going to go up. And in high school, you fall behind if you don't do your work for two days. Right. Or even in middle school to a certain extent. So mm-hmm. making sure your kids on top of that and having like a good communication with your kids is key, I think, because teenagers in general don't tell parents what's going on. Yeah. So, so um, but, we'll, how about we get back to the communication piece? Because that I'm sure we could talk for more than a few minutes about communicating yeah. with your teenager. But I guess I was just wondering, you know, you just outlined how people can go about trying to make sure that their kids are following a good structure, how they have good structure in school, have they good structure in home. I guess I'm just wondering if you could explain to people why that structure piece is so important. Well, the structure piece is important because for the past year and a half, the kids didn't really have a routine. 
and a routine is very important for the kids to function because they they need to be able to do things at a appropriate times mm-hmm. so the most important routine is getting up in the morning to go to school and if the kids are struggling with doing that a lot of them are not making it to school or they're going to school late which again causes anxiety for the kid but also the parents right of course because a lot of parents are also going back to work now and even if they're not just getting your child to school on time is a very anxiety provoking situation for a lot of parents uh-huh. and uh, that creates a lot of conflict in the house i think that is the most important piece that and for that they have to go to bed on time too right so it all sort of ties in together that if you know uh, if they're not going to bed on time they don't want to wake up and then they're not waking up which is creating anxiety with both the parents and the kids mm. um, which translates into the school day and that's when they start missing school or going in late and they start falling behind right so i think that establishing that routine that's why i always tell the parents start like a month before school starts mm-hmm. or even two weeks before school starts you know getting them a sleep this is good for young kids and adolescents adolescents are more resistant parents can to a certain extent you know with the younger kids they're more likely to follow right, the right. guidelines the adolescents it's harder but again you know you use positive reinforcement you um, you know set the limits if the kids can't set the limits the parents have to which includes well, as i said before you know taking away their electronics and social media at night which is the biggest reason they're not sleeping. Yeah. I mean, I think the harsh reality, I don't know about you, Dr. Kara, is that we're all a little addicted to our phone. Right. So, of course, the kids are going to be resistant when you try to take that away. But, that you know, that doesn't make it any less important to do it. Oh, it's really hard to take it away. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, if they're not functioning, <laughs> right. that there's no, and the longer you delay that, the more you sort of let it go on, it gets worse it doesn't get better yeah right if the kids are not willing to give in the phone or whatever gadgets sometimes we have to go to the extreme i tell the parents shut off the internet at night and yes it affects the whole household including the parents when you do that but sometimes you have to take those measures to you know get them going again yeah and i think um again Really, the thing you're highlighting here with the structure piece, I think, is a lot of it has to do with the sleep, you know, going to bed at a decent time, waking up at a decent time and taking away the phone is really the way that you make sure that, you know, they are sleeping when they're supposed to be sleeping, because it sounds like sleep ties into so much about mental health and also the routine and the structure and, you know, getting your work done and all that. The other thing I talk to parents and kids, especially you know, a lot of the younger kids mm-hmm. um, is like doing things the night before to avoid sort of rushing around in the morning. This right. is just simple things, you know, taking out their clothes, packing their book bag, you know, even having some, you know, the lunch box ready, things like that to avoid sort of the rushing around in the morning. Because again, for the year past year and a half, we didn't have to do that. You know, a lot of kids were doing the school in their pajamas. They were getting up and, you know, starting logging on to school. And they didn't have to, like, get dressed and leave the house. Mm -hmm. Uh, But now, so, you know, just doing some of these things also alleviates the morning 
anxiety and the rush for both parents and the kids. Yeah. And I just want to say, you know, you keep highlighting that we're we're already into the school year. By the time this airs, we'll probably be about four or five weeks into the school year. Still not yeah. too late. Still not too late to get your kid into a routine, you know? No, no, it's not. You can still do it. You, you kind of have to be consistent even on the weekends. You know, you can let mm. them stay up a little bit longer on the weekends. But not, you know, again, two days can spoil their routine. Right, right. So, you know, you can let them, let's say for a younger child, if their bedtime is on a school night is nine, let's, for example, mm -hmm. maybe you can let them stay an hour later or an hour and a half, but they still have to be consistent. You can't let them sleep like all day in the morning, right. on the weekends, mm -hmm. because that again disrupts their sleep cycle. Sure. Okay. So it really sounds like your first tip would be structure, you know, uh, finding ways to build more structure into your kid's life, into your kid's routine. And a large part of that is going to revolve around making sure that the sleep hygiene is good. You know, we're going to bed at a decent time. We're waking up at mm -hmm. the same time every day and we're not on our phones, iPads, insert device here uh, right before bed or while we're supposed to be sleeping. So mm -hmm. tip number one largely is going to be build building some structure. What would another tip that you had for parents be? Probably to, you know, if you see signs in your child or adolescent that they are struggling, as I said, you know, adolescents in particular don't communicate, uh, but you can pick up signs that they're isolating, they are not eating properly, mm -hmm. they seem more withdrawn or down. Um, I think it's very important to have like an open discussion with them, sort of make, validate their concerns, make sure they know that you're you know, working for them, that you're their parents and you're going to support them. And that if things are not going well academically, socially, then approach their guidance counselor and have a talk. Maybe they need extra help in school in a particular subject. Maybe they are struggling with, you know, some kids in school. So just, I think it's very important to be aware of what's going on in your kid's life, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And you know, work with the guidance counselor or sometimes they have other help in school, uh, like a case manager or things like that, especially if they have an IEP or a 504. Work with them to see how the school can best assist your child. And it's important to do that as soon as you notice it, because if you let things go on for too long, again, you know, if they start falling behind, then it sort of becomes, it's hard to get back on track. Yeah, I think if we separate the mental health piece and sort of the academic piece of going to school, both of them are a snowball effect, right? Like, so if you start off with a little bit of anxiety, but don't address it, then, you know, and you just let it go and try to ignore it, it could turn into a much bigger snowball or, or you know, it could become a much bigger problem. Uh, same thing with the academic piece. If, if you uh, are behind on a few assignments, and you just kind of let that go, don't ignore it, then obviously that's going to build up too. Um, so I think yeah. both of these are, the, the snowball effect really applies to both the mental health piece and the academic piece. But I think here, we talked a lot in the beginning about sort of signs that you can notice in your um, mm -hmm. kids uh, to know if their mental health is maybe taking a hit. And you just outlined a few more right now. I think both at the beginning, though, and right here, you're also highlighting the 
the importance of discussing it with the school as soon as you can or as soon as you notice a difference. Because again, you want to address these things while they're still relatively small instead of waiting until they become much bigger problems. Yes, and I think you know a lot of times what we see is you know kid they don't want to go to school okay mm. because it's too anxiety provoking or too overwhelming i'm sure. already seeing that mm-hmm. um and the parents okay you know one day won't hurt let them stay you know let them have like a day but that day snowballs into many days right because the anxiety is not going to get better the more you avoid it it's going to get worse right so instead of doing that i think it's important to talk to your child or teenager and tell them that no you still have to go to school it's not comfortable but I, you know we are going to help you and figure this out but you have to go to school because mm-hmm. if you let them stay home you're not doing them any favors it's actually detrimental and that's when we see you know complete school refusal complete shutdown not wanting to go at all and you know so it's very important to uh, address the issue if it comes up and not sort of just ignore it and mm-hmm. you know you just say okay let them miss a day it's fine because a day quickly turns into many days yeah i couldn't agree with you more uh, on what you just said especially you know about how if you let the kid if you let a, a child avoid school because they're nervous about it the anxiety is just going to grow because the more we avoid anxiety the more it grows and at the same time I just want to say, I understand as a parent how Mm -hmm. you could feel like that's the right thing to do, right? You know, if you see your kid in pain or you see your kid really struggling with anxiety and you might feel like it's the right thing to do to give them a break from school because, you know, they feel so bad. They're having so much anxiety and and it hurts to see your kid go through that. Mm -hmm. Um, But with anxiety... Uh, a lot of times I talk about the short term versus the long term. A lot of times with anxiety, the thing that you do in the short term to help you feel better is actually uh, detrimental to you in the long term. So in the yeah. short term, it might help you feel a little, you know, you will get some temporary relief if you stay home from school. But in the long term, then that that anxiety, that monster is just going to grow because, you know, you're, right, exactly. you're avoiding it. And also, I think if you notice that it's becoming like a pattern, it's important to get help right away because professional help, because kids many a time will not always tell the parents, adolescents again, especially. So, um, you know, seeking a therapist instead of delaying it, it's very important to get that mm-hmm. so they can start verbalizing and develop tools, both the parents and the kids to how to um, sort of deal with this mm-hmm. before it becomes like an extreme situation. Yeah, so this is like the guidance counselor example. You were saying if they're having a hard time in school or they're having a hard time with the academics, definitely seek out the guidance counselor's help before it becomes a much bigger issue. And same thing with the mental health, except in this case, obviously, you know, you're going to go to a counselor or mm-hmm. uh, or a psychiatrist or uh, someone in the mental health field who can help manage that anxiety or that depression that they're feeling. And some parents, you know, first go to the pediatrician, which is fine too. A mm-hmm. um, lot of pediatricians are usually like the first line sometimes because if a, you know, if you can't find a mental health professional right away, you know, go to the pediatrician and they can sort of help you connect with resources. Some schools nowadays, especially high schools and middle schools, like one of my patients, I found out they have a group in their school. 
mm-hmm. uh, the, the some of the uh, the guidance counselors uh, the they have started like a group therapy session in the oh, school okay. for kids who are struggling with anxiety great so a lot of schools are also aware of this currently mm-hmm. and a lot of them are taking measures to help their students so i think that finding out what resources are available in your kids school is important because they may have something like that i they may have like a crisis intervention service or they may have a group therapy for kids who have anxiety so they can see that they're not alone and they can connect to other kids right. so find out what's available in your school district if it's hard to find a therapist because that's the reality nowadays it is hard to find mm-hmm. you know therapy right away sometimes there's a wait list yeah and i i love your point because um yeah, I think for us, even in the mental health field, sometimes it can be hard for us to keep track of all the different services that are offered, or sometimes we're not even aware of all the different services that are offered through a school. And like you said, many of them can be pretty effective in terms of helping kids with anxiety or with depression or with whatever mental health ailment it is. And oftentimes there are services available that we're just not aware of. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So we just talked about the importance of structure. And then you also talked a lot about how just finding out what your resources are is extremely important and trying to get involved or in touch with those resources as quickly as possible. Do you have any other tips that you would recommend for parents who have kids that are struggling right now? What would your third tip be? Validating is extremely important before because if you ignore them or they or you say no never you know it's fine you know you'll get over this just go to school mm-hmm. that won't work because you're kind of dismissing them almost and right. that makes them feel sort of more isolated and more anxious because now nobody's like they feel nobody's in their corner so mm-hmm. to speak so you have to give them the message that you understand they're struggling you understand this is hard because it's hard for everybody, mm-hmm. right? People mm-hmm. are struggling going back to work. It's not the kids, just the kids who are struggling. It's it's everybody because this was like a whole different situation, novel situation we were all in. Right. But on the other hand, we have to do what we need to do to function, right? So mm-hmm. the, uh, like if, a, if, if a parent doesn't go to work, their family won't be supported financially. It's the same with kids. So kind of emphasizing to them that, yes, I understand that. And I'm going to do everything I can to help you with Mm -hmm. this transition. However, you have to do sort of your part. And you still, even if it's uncomfortable, you have to go to school. And I'm going to help you negotiate this. So, you know, if you feel like you're academically, you're not there because last year wasn't great. You know, let's talk to the guidance counselor. Let's set up a meeting and sort of, especially the older kids, like involve them in this. So with the teenagers, I frequently encourage parents, you know, and the kids to, if they're struggling, especially academically, to set up a meeting, a joint meeting with the guidance counselor, not just the parent going and talking, but the kids to be involved in that too, so that they can find solutions sooner than later. If it's emotionally, again, you know, finding a therapist for your child or adolescent and working with them so that, you know, they get the skills, coping skills, strategies to deal with their anxiety in and out of school. So I think it's very important for the kids to know that you're there for them and you're going to help them Mm -hmm. and not dismiss their concerns and fears. Because if you start doing that, then they, it just 
gets worse. I almost felt like when you were describing how to go about doing this, it was like a three-step process, right? One was telling them, you know, I hear, I hear you. I hear that you're feeling anxious. I get that. I, I really understand. Step two would be, you know, and at the same time, you have to do what you have to do. You have to take care of your responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Then step number three would be like, and also I'm going to help you with that. So I'm here to support you. I'm here to help you mm-hmm. meet these goals, get back to school, feel mentally healthy, but I'm going to support you in that. So it's almost like one, you validate the feeling. You also have to talk a little bit about how they still have responsibilities that they have to take mm-hmm. care of. And then the third step is you say, you know, I'm here for you. I'm going to help you. Is that a decent outline yeah. of what you said? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> okay. what most, I think most parents struggle with, that they, their anxiety also gets higher mm-hmm. when their kids are you know uh, struggling like the kids are not showering or they are refusing to get up or do their work i think and it's normal right we all and you see your kids struggling you get anxious about it too so sometimes a parent might want to go and talk to somebody too you know mm-hmm. to figure out how to deal with this sure you know and sometimes again it depends you know you can first line can be the pediatrician's office it it, it can be the guidance counselor it can be because not all parents are, they have the resources or the, you know, they need some guidance on how to deal with this. Mm-hmm. And a lot of parents are afraid of upsetting their kids. You know, I have seen that. They don't want to push their kids because they are afraid if they push their kids, then, you know, it's going to have a negative consequence. Right. So there has to be a fine line uh, between just letting the kids do what they want to do versus like, having them do what they need to do like going to school self-care taking care of themselves sleeping and helping them do you know like supporting them not helping Mm -hmm. but supporting them to do these things so they can function sure all right dr care well thank you so much for coming on and talking to me about this and would you be interested in being my new (laughs) co-host thanks andy